should begin. My name is Steve. The podcast is called At This Moment. And I'm speaking to you as usual, as always. It might not be forever, but for now, I'm speaking to you as always from the great Pacific Northwest. It's the heart of the free world. Everybody knows that for now. But Jay Inslee's trying to change that in all of his wisdom. He has a law degree, you know. He's never practiced law. I don't, I don't know that he has. He's been a governor, politician, a votes seeker, and a, a donor wishes fulfiller. Because so, it's not about us. It's about fulfilling your donor's needs. And then stand by. Hold on. Mm. My girlfriend got me the best creamer for my coffee. And they want to, I don't remember what it's called. It, it, it scared me so bad I, you know, I had to look away for a moment. <laughs> the, it's the domestic, dom, it sounds like domestic violence, but it's the domestic uh, violent terrorist prevention. It's something, you know, the, 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 the most dangerous people in the country right now are considered, you know, the, the government, the elected officials, and the bureaucrats, the people that are appointed generally, that are unelected, will say, you know, the Justice Department, people like this. Well, the biggest threat to America right now, meaning to the government, like the government that puts fences up around itself to protect itself from the citizens that voted it to be there, of the people, by the people, for the people, but we're going to protect ourselves from the people of whom we're supposed to be from and of and representing, but we're going to lock ourselves off and we're going to we're going to also we're going to also use citizen soldiers to protect us from the other citizens while we tell those citizens that we're protecting ourselves from this being the government right congress we're going to protect ourselves from certain citizens that have guns and we're going to take their guns so that they're safer and we're going to have the military have the guns so they can protect us with the fences from those citizens that we're disarming right and while we're telling those citizens that they can't say what they want they can't disagree or else we'll call that speech dangerous. We'll call their speech dangerous. <clears throat> There's so much to talk about. I heard somebody mention something. It's it a certain senator. They were talking about something called ESG, environmental social governance. And they followed it up with saying, if you're a white male, I can speak about white males with authority <sighs> and freedom for now. And uh, if you're, if you, she said, she, it's a she, and it's a woman, and she said, if you, um, it, they, them, her, she, I don't know, this person, this human, they looked human. I know them to be human, and I'm pretty sure that I wouldn't offend them if I called, if I said she said the environmental social governance is, uh, it's about quotas, and it's it's in the at least the financial industry right now, and starting to filter out into other sectors of the of the job market apparently, and it is uh, she said well, you know, she said if you're a white male in the finance industry, you're a dinosaur, you're going away, and then she explained why. Hmm. It was a politician, so it was, it was very technical. It's probably somebody with a law degree also. Um, you know. We need more of those, right? People with law degrees? Yeah. Boy, that's the only thing that can make us stronger and better and freer, right? More lawyers. 
I wanted to talk about trajectories and breadth of experience tonight, today. It's nighttime where I am, but I don't have time. I don't have time. I was thinking of other matters. The They're saying, you know, if you were a Trump supporter, if you say anything on social media that is contrary to leftist orthodoxy, if you disagree with anything the current administration is pushing, if you disagree with the way the kids are taught in the schools or the curriculum, if you disagree with um, anything the left believes, and, you know, they don't have a reasonable argument on anything, and that's why they don't want to debate. They don't want to... They don't. They know if, if the elections were fair even, that they would never win. That's why they have to cheat, and that's why they have to import voters. So they know. They know. They know they're imposing their will on people. They know that they're not appealing to the masses. They know they're imposing themselves on people, and that's what, that's what the left has to do. They have to impose themselves on people. They can't, because they can't convince people of their argument. You know, they can't do it. You know, and meanwhile, no Trump supporter ever, ever pushed masks on you. No Trump supporter ever restricted your access to stores or restaurants and told you to show your papers. Really, show your documentation to prove that you're vaccinated. And, you know, if you want to be vaccinated, that's fine. But, you know, I think it's pretty clear now. Like, if you said, if you were to say, I, I bet you that more, I would posit, I would suspect, I think, I feel, I believe, I sense that more people died from the lockdowns and from the vaccinations than did from COVID. And if you were to say that, they would, well, no, the independent fact checkers, you know, were able to verify that that's not, that's not true. And they were able to do so while their mom was getting them a soda. The, probably a Red Bull. And if, so, okay, where's the study that's, none of the, none of the statistics, you know, the, the drug companies, that they would tell you that that's false information or it's disinformation or misinformation or whatever, or it's dangerous because it's not true because the fact checkers said so on the social media website or app or whatever that you would posit something would post something like that meanwhile the the drug companies that created the vaccines are going yeah we know they didn't work there's been some problems we didn't test them as well as we should have and we didn't uh yeah we know they're causing heart problems and then the government says no you're not allowed to say that either to the citizens that go wow pfizer is and moderna say these things about their own drugs their own vac vaccines, and but the citizens can't go. Okay, uh, who's whose head's gonna roll? Uh, it's astonishing. No Trump supporter ever wanted you to take a vaccine, or else. And then somebody told me once. I knew somebody intimately who said, "Well, you know, it lessens the symptoms." I said, no, they're dying after vaccinated, being vaccinated. People are dying after being vaccinated. It doesn't lessen the... And then they, they're getting COVID and dying as well. They're dying from heart attacks, but they're dying from... They were still getting COVID. And, and then the drug companies have said since then, well, you know, the, the, we know it didn't really do anything to stop transmissions. And yet you had to sh prove that you had taken it 
to get into a to you know go to the store. It just no Trump supporter ever raised a you know made you raise a fist while you're sitting outside a an open air restaurant in New York. Said pledge to this, pledge to my cause. <laughs> no no Trump supporter ever burned a city in the name of equity and justice. Their own. Which is always funny. It's like, you know, Portland. You should see Portland today. Am I going to get in trouble for saying, like, you know, Portland is kind of, has changed? It's, I guess, you know, I guess the reason they burned it to the ground two years ago was because it was just too conservative. They couldn't take it anymore. They couldn't take all the Trump support in Portland and Seattle and San Francisco. They just couldn't, they, they were sick of all the conservatism. You know, they were sick of the economic growth and the money in their pocket. They were sick of it. And and so they burned those cities down, and now they're they're very liberal. They're very leftist-leaning. See, that's the dirty secret. They always have been. Why if, why if you're in, like, the bluest city, leftist, you're, you're in the most liberal place in the world if you're in Seattle. So what is there to be ticked off about at conservatives? There aren't any. And they certainly don't speak out. If there are any around, they don't say anything. You don't dare say anything. You know, Rush Limbaugh said over and over and over, the great Rush Limbaugh, he once said, or he often said rather, someday they're going to, when the left thinks they can, they will try to outlaw conservative thought, speech, etc. The whole thing, they'll say that it's dangerous. Is it exactly like North Korea? And I'm watching some video this this gal from North Korea is like, she defected, she escaped because you have to escape from communism. You know, you don't vote yourself out of tyranny, you dummies. I should turn this into an explicit show. I should click the explicit button on my, my episodes so it's like I can curse. But I want to keep it cool. I want to keep it classy. But she was saying, yeah, in, in, in North Korea, there is no I. They don't really say I, they say we. And when they're speaking about the self, they don't like they don't really do that. They don't speak about themselves. It's all it's all about the collective. They only the only place where they she goes. We don't love each other. We don't talk like that. We don't think like that because when you control language, you control thought. Because we communicate with words. So when you control language, you control thought, and that's why they want to control language. No Trump supporter ever told you you can't say something either. By the way, no Trump supporter said you're not allowed to say those things because I don't agree with them, so they're wrong meaning they're false. And, oh, oh, and it's even worse than that. It's offensive to me, so you don't get to do it. <laughs> you know, and that's the generation that was grew up after 9-11. The people running the White House, they grew up after 9-11. They grew up like their adulthood and most of their, their, their teen years were after 9-11, okay? And... That generation was taught that that they were taught two things about 9/11. They'd go around saying two opposing views. You know, here's what happened on 9/11. It was a government setup. The government did it. They imploded the buildings, and it, it's a conspiracy, right? That's not consider, considered considered a crazy conspiracy theory because the left held it. So anything that the left believes is never a conspiracy theory, or it's never crazy. Even in function, if people are going, "This is crazy," they go, "No, it's not." So half of the time, 
they were saying, well, you know, it was it, the, the government did it. It was an implosion. It was in order to drag us into George Bush wanted to drag us into a war with Iraq. No, no, no. He what he did was he lied about weapons there. That well, they were probably there, but then they ended up in Syria because we needed them later on when we needed to provoke a engagement with the Russians years later. So we could fight the Russians by proxy, like we're doing in the Ukraine right now. So, because they hate Putin. They hate Putin. And he's like, well, you know, I just want to keep buying your uranium. Where's Hillary? But they would say half the time that it was, it was the government. And then half the time they would say, well, no, that was our own fault because we're such an awful country and we impose ourselves all around the world. I heard them say it. I was in college. That's when they were saying it. So those are, those are the folks that are running the White House. But your speech is going to be deemed officially in Washington State soon. It's going to, if you're conservative and you say conservative things, you say things that are deemed by whoever, I don't know who's going to determine, you know, who you are. You know, you're not even in charge of your blood, though. You're not even in charge of what they, you know, they can tell you what to put in your blood. You're not even, you don't have sovereignty over your own blood. Think about that. People, oh, well, the value, oh, it's all for the, you know, the collective, the, good, the greater good. The chick from Korea is like, no, there's, <laughs> you don't want, there's no individuality in that at all. You're part of the collective. All the, she said, oh, the only, the only person we're allowed to love or the only, like we're raised generation after generation. You love the great leader in the state. The dear leader, whatever she, you know, whatever she said. You have to escape that stuff. Left never tells you that. So, I think that's about it. The social credits thing and the digital currency, that's scaring the crap out of me. And I have to look up more about this, this ESG, environmental societal or environmental social governance. I need to look up more about that. But to conclude, I wanted to say this about, I do need to say this about trajectories and breadth of experience. Uh, all right, away from politics, away from the, our crumbling country. And we go inside for a moment. And so this is a repetitive thing I've said. Of course, mine is a dialogue. My worldview or philosophical approach, my spirituality. I don't like to say what it is. I like to describe what it is, not name it. And we lose our moments when we're thinking about the past, when we're thinking about the future, and both are just thoughts and they're not real. You, we sit around thinking of the past and it's a memory and we lose the moment that we're in right now because we're virtual, we're in virtual reality, we're back there, reliving it, re-experiencing it maybe, even emotionally, over and over and over again, thinking if we feel bad about it long enough, we'll eventually feel good about it. And you're not enjoying your moment right now, which is the only time you'll ever experience anything ever, right? And then we, we expect things or we, we project out into the future, we anticipate how it's supposed to be or what we'd like it to be. And that's just a thought too. Again, it's not a real thing. Any more real than the past. The future is no more real than the past. 
you're only ever right here and now. The future never gets here. If you say, well, I'm going to wait until I feel like it. Now you're just, you're not going to ever be feeling like it. You're just existing in, a, in your now, in your moment, in your present. You're just existing in a state of waiting. And I don't know, I, I, you know, they say, but people go their whole life and never really live in the moment. That, yeah, they do. And you, you can understand it intellectually that you'll, you'll never get to the future. You'll never get to when and then and up there ahead. And like Tara Brock says, you can look up who Tara Brock is on your own, B-R-A-C-H. And she's like, you know, we, we, we're always busy setting the table. We spend our lifetime setting the table and we never really sit down for the banquet to enjoy it. We're always in this mode that somewhere out there in the future ahead of me, life will start happening. I'll, that's when I'll be happier. That's when things will be okay. And that's when I'll feel good. And that's when every, you know, I'll, 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 I'll be at peace. I'll be content out there someday. And you never, you're never getting there someday. Just like you're, you can't go backwards either. You can't go to those past events and fix them or change them or alter them. You can't go there. It's a memory and it's a thought. Just like the anticipation of the future is a thought. And you're only ever in the now. And people, then you go to the point where you say, well, okay, let me focus on the now. And people start meditating. You know, you start doing your yoga and your meditation and your breath work and all that. You're trying to find the moment. You're trying to find this singular moment and exist in it. And maybe that's what they're talking about. That's nirvana. That's the answer. That's the way. That's the, oh, that. Is, oh, and I'll have some understanding, this, this deeper understanding of, me, you know, the world, the universe, existence, our purpose. Not how we got here, but why. Why the hell are we all here? What are we doing? Are we supposed to be doing something? Is there, is there a thing that's required of us by some other power that has dominion over us? I don't know. Some would say that. That's religion. Different definitions of religion, but Joe Rogan has a good definition of religion. He said, what's the different, well, he says, what's the definition between, or the difference between a religion and a cult? In a cult, their guy's still alive. So that's pretty funny. Regardless of how you believe, that's pretty funny. Now, some people would say that's offensive. You're, I guess, maybe to religious people, but you're allowed to offend them as long as they're not, um, you know, you know who. But generally in America, you can offend, you can still say things that religious people would find offensive, perhaps. Uh, as long, I guess as long as they're not leftists that are religious. So, but... But you have, you know, the moment is not some infinitely finite now. It's not some pinpoint place. That's the whole idea is that you're already in it. You're already in. If, if nirvana is what you're seeking or enlightenment or realizing that you are already exactly where you're supposed to be doing, exactly what you're supposed to be doing, whenever, whatever that is. And it's the, uh, the notion that the, the, the moment isn't the, the present isn't some, the present moment, isn't some finite, infinitesimally finite uh, uh, parsect of time. 
<laughs> I don't know if I'm using the right words, you know. It's not this small thing. It's never ending. You're always in it. It's, ne- it's never not now. <laughs> That's, it's never the past. It's never the future. Those are concepts. It's always now. The rest is just memories and fear. <laughs> Sadness about the past or fear of the future. Anyway, now I'm starting to ramble. If you're listening to this, you probably know me. I love you. Thank you for listening to this, listening to me. Until the next time, may you be well, may you be healthy, may you be happy, and may you be loved. <laughs> Namaste. <laughs>